Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 20th of January. It is 2021. It is a Wednesday, and it is a big day in the United States because for just natural reasons in life, it is time for whoever ever is voted president to now take office. So we are looking at change, and we are looking at different, yet again, And all I could think of is, wow, what a country that over the times in history, the one thing we have in common with everyone else who was here before us, and most likely people who will be here after us, will go through this historic moment on January 20th. It's the one thing we share in common. We all pay attention in one way or another, even if it is just hearing about it. And now, today, out of all the days, we're going to talk about relationships. Because keeping relationships strong in any part of our lives, business, personal, with our kids, with ourselves, is to fight for pure love. And so you'd think, ah, yeah, you know, pure love. Yeah, everybody wants pure love. We all do. And we can fight for it, but how? (laughs) Excuse me. How do we fight for it? A lot of reasons why we don't fight for it is because we don't know what to do. We think it's kind of silly, like, oh, yeah, they're just in love. Like, let's not pay attention to them. No drama there. But why do we think that love is, like, silly? Or like the option if everything else fails. Why do we still associate words like self-love, like, oh, those spiritual people over there? Or people that are weaker or too kind to know when they're getting scammed or in business. You know, well, we don't want someone that talks like that here. We want someone who lives like that, but we don't want to hear it. Yet love doesn't need to be heard. Pure love is felt. It's super quiet. It's something we see when we look at someone in their eyes, when we speak to them. And it's extremely peaceful. But why? So I asked Christ, What is it about love 
that we want so bad, especially pure love, healing our injuries, being close to each other, wanting, wanting to do the things we do and not expecting anything back for anything we have done. So how do we do that? And Christ just said two words. When I said, why and how do we bring pure love to our world? He said, don't lie. Pure love stops us from lying. I never, ever would have thought that pure love was achieved by something we don't do. I always thought of love as like, oh, do this and do that and show this and, you know, don't ask for anything back. And all of that comes when we don't lie to ourselves, let alone to anyone else. Because the only time you will ever lie to someone, anyone, is when you yourself have purchased that lie. You had to sell it to yourself, kind of run through it, see if it's a good idea, see how it would play out, see if you could get away with it, and before you know it, it's coming out of your mouth. So I asked Christ, what is the biggest lie? What is the biggest lie we tell ourselves that stops us from getting to that pure love that we need to make the relationships in our lives be the best they can be. So after the don't lie, told me our biggest lie. I can't do this alone. When the one thing we do have to do alone is to be honest with ourselves. Nobody can make us do that. Nobody. If I can't be honest with me, you're a far second to what I'm dealing with. But when I can be honest with me, I can look you in the eye. I can say, oh, this is what I did today, without trying to exaggerate, without trying to show the person I did so much without trying to paint a picture of anything because I have calm and peace inside. I know that if the lie tries to play the game, buy me, you know, it's always got that for sale sign on it, right? If you could think of a lie in your head and it's it's got the for sale sign and all you have to do is sign on the dotted line, That's what a lie does all day long. You poor thing, first lie. Why are you a poor thing? You can't do this, second lie. Why can't you? Why can someone else? They have two arms, two arms, two arms, two feet, and two ears, and two eyes, and a mouth. Just like you. They get 24 hours a day, just like you. Why not you? Stories 
that we purchased, no matter what happened in your life, because by now I have talked to tens of thousands of people, and the most emotionally successful people had such big challenges that they couldn't deny that that was a challenge. And then they would find underneath those challenges all the stuff they needed to work on just to get over the hill with that challenge. Whether you want to write a book, whether you want to make a movie, whether you want to buy a home, whether you want to have a child or get married or just be left alone, whatever it is you want. Your biggest filter question will be, is this based on a lie I'm telling myself or is this based on my deepest truth as I know it today? That's your question. Pure love cannot make it through the roadblocks without us. Without us. You need to figure out how to communicate best with yourself to where you can Move forward instead of stand still or stay in the past. Because our ego can take our past, rewrite it, create a sob story, and then give us a map of how to live out that sob story. And I will tell you right now, it is so much harder when we don't face who we are and what our truth is than it is to face it. A lot of times people have been going through the hardest things will tell me about a moment they had where they made a decision, a conscious decision to shut the voice down that was trying to pull them into their past. One of the best examples I have of it is a woman at the gym. And I get there and I just didn't see her for a while because, you know, gyms are fluid. People might go at different times, but you'll meet different people along the way. And after a year, you might see them once or twice and some you see every day. Well, she was a once or twicer. And I looked at her and I go, oh, my God, you lost a lot of weight. And she said, yes, I did. It's hard. Because you hit plateaus when you try to lose weight. And I would get discouraged. And I said, well, what made you start? Because, you know, she was about my age. So I figured she had a whole lifetime to have done that. Why didn't she do it until now? Because the relationship with herself wasn't as strong as it is now. That's why. But what she said to me, she reinforced my whole thing about everything is a decision because she said, one day I woke up 
and I made a decision. So I asked her what the decision was. What was it in your mind that said to you, today's the day? Because you think about that. What is it in our minds that say, today's the day I'm going to face me? And weight loss isn't about your body losing weight, as it turns out. She said something so simple that I just hated the way my clothes fit me. I hated it. I hated it so much that I was willing to do anything to feel comfortable in my own clothes. The lie of you can start tomorrow. The lie of this is just how you are. You'll never change. The lie of it doesn't matter. Who cares? The lie of pig out today, tomorrow will be better. It sets you in this reality of chasing instead of a reality of doing. Because when we chase, we've purchased the lies which keeps us away from pure love. And when that happens, we are harder on everyone else around us for what we cannot do. Of what we cannot do. We are sensitive very vulnerable, yet very strong people. (coughs) Excuse me. I had such a big breakfast and it just wants to scratch my throat this morning, so sorry about that. However, getting back to this little topic, that's the biggest topic of all of our lives, is how do you invite pure love? It's easy to say, don't lie to yourself. But it's not easy when the lie comes in and we need it. We're vulnerable. We do feel a little fragile that day. Buying the lie. Say, oh, wow, my ego is trying to get in my way. That's what this looks like. I may not know what to do today about you, Mr. Ego, but at the very least, I'm going to stop you in your tracks and not listen to you and see what my natural thoughts are. Never forget that ego comes in through the width of a hair. It attacks our most sensitive feelings And nothing is as easy as ego makes it sound. Tell your husband off. Lock your kid in their room. Hit your kid. They deserve it. Don't talk to your husband for two or three days. Show him how mad you are. Throw something when you're upset so that people can really see your point. But what are people really seeing? They're seeing someone who cannot control themselves. Someone who cannot control themselves. 
Ego is nobody's friend. I've had people who (laughs) swore at me on my page because I wrote something about love. By the time I saw it, a lot of my friends saw it or whoever saw it and would tell me, can you believe whatever? And I said, well, that's okay. Someone swore at me and told me they were going to unfriend me. And I go, woo, wow, thank you. Because otherwise I would have been two clicks away from doing the same thing only because I just wouldn't have wanted to exchange energy with that. But then I also knew that love was not a good topic for this person because they've been hurt in that area. And hurt wants to hurt. And love wants to love. And I know that God will leave no one behind. And at times, I've had to leave people behind because they literally drove me nuts. And unfortunately for me, and them in some ways, I let it go on for a while because I'm a fixer. I used to be a bigger fixer than I am now. And I realized when Christ said to me, bring me back to that pure love, to bring me back to that warmth, he said to me, there will be those who learn more in your absence than they will in your presence. And that's true. Think if any of you have children. Or you are obviously a child of someone. When you leave home and you go away to school or you get married, have your own kids, what happens to how you feel about your parents? Because now you're not with them every day. They cannot see you. They cannot tell you what to do. They cannot tell you you're doing something wrong and they keep trying to save you from yourself in one way or another. Now you start hearing them. You start saying things like, my mom always said, and we get a renewed respect because now we can see it as love and not control. We can see it as caring and not that we do everything wrong. We see our time with them differently because now they come home for a day or two if they went away to school. And if they moved out and live in their own apartment, you may see them once a week and life gets super busy. The love The love propels. I have even spoken to people who hated, in quotes, their parents, who now say, wow, I can see. I can see what they were trying to do. I may not have liked how they were, but I love them.
I was talking with my daughter on our walk yesterday, and I said to her, I did a show about how to recognize toxicity. We all know we need to run away from toxicity. We just need to recognize that we're there. But I said, that's not even what I wanted to talk about. What I really wanted to talk about was how to recognize it going in. So I said to her, <laughs> what, would, what would you think, biggest question that you would ask someone you just met, whether you were dating them or you were learning about a friend? She said, I would ask them about their parents. She said, because if they don't like their parents and they're holding grudges, and I said, wow, thank you. That was one of the ones we talked about on our show. And the other one was their relationships. It's not because they're good or bad. It's because they are unresolved. What they're really telling you is that they are willing to keep a roadblock between them and pure love. I know kids with completely dysfunctional parents and they know enough to stay at arm's length but they'll still say they love them and they wish they were better or wish they were stronger or wish they were kinder. They will say that but they love them. We do not have to be perfect to feel pure love. We just don't. We just have to know that if we are doing our best, that's how it propels. If my best parent was that I have addictive issues and I was a drinker and I wasn't kind, but when I was okay, I would tell my kids how much I loved them. That is all they will have to hold on to, to see you as a loving person, that you really do love them, but boy, you've got your own stuff to deal with. And you may not be able to care for them as well as you would like to. You may not be able to do that, but you can still love them. And they may one day be able to help you because that bridge for them to walk back and forth on is still there. Leaving a job in a huff and a puff might feel good in that moment that you told them when you go back and think about it, you say, well, why did I have to do it that way? Why was I so wound up? Why was I? When you look back at the arguments you had with your parents and you see that those arguments came to you as a mind that has not developed yet into how to handle conflict or challenge or direction or authority. You see people who are, in, in quotes, raging against the machine. 
I see people who are raging against their parents. That's what I see. So when we meet toxicity, we know that that person did not yet, because I have hope for everybody, but did not yet cross the roadblocks they needed to to get to pure love as we know it. Pure love doesn't make you saintly, doesn't make you over-the-top kind or weak or sappy or you're sitting in a corner just spewing good sayings. We don't talk about it. We just become it. And our gift for that fight for our soul to have its say in its own life. The gift is our peace, our trust that life will find a way and we will do our best to do that. That commitment, that decision to do our best. At times, I feel bad about certain things, and it stays with me for a couple of days. And then I finally remember, because it takes time. We have to be patient. That, oh, God, if they were meant to be here, they would. They would. If I felt feelings to leave, or they felt feelings to leave me, we must have been done teaching each other whatever it was we needed to learn. I may not like it. I may want it to be different. Nobody likes losing anyone. No one likes losing a job. No one likes losing a friend. No one likes losing communication with people they love. But when the learning is done and we are in repetition... We need to be somewhere where we keep learning and they need to be somewhere where they keep learning. If we can look at our interactions not as how long they last but how much they've taught us. Like a job you think you wanted forever and you find out you're there only for a year and you and you get laid off because the company's losing money. And then you say, wow, I didn't have a plan. Well, part of your plan was that that job had to end. Or something that you started that didn't finish even though you gave it everything you had. Sometimes you have to walk away from it to see what it was you were trying to force happen that wasn't able to happen yet. Or maybe you're someone who every time you have a thought, you want it done in a week. But nobody in the world's ever done that in a week. So how are you going to do it in a week? And why would you put that pressure on yourself? Giving ourselves space to make decisions that we can repeat to ourselves like, hey, I just want my clothes to fit better. Every time you don't eat something you normally would snack on. And it's hard in the beginning but you will get used to it. You'll learn that by trying. 
pure love is accessible to each and every one of us. Look at your roadblocks. Make a decision. And keep repeating that decision to yourself. You guys, I hope you have the best Wednesday. I just can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. It's Dream Theme Thursday, so send in your dreams, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.